You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast with Brian Weber. It's a talk show. We talk. And former Pro Bowl Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart. Hey, get your popcorn ready. NFL No Huddle airs live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern on the NFL on TuneIn, your everything audio app. Hello and welcome to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. And thanks for listening. I'm Brian Weber alongside Cordell Stewart. On today's podcast, we're going to preview the opening game of the NFL season with former NFL quarterback Sean Salisbury and catch up with former Chief Will Shields, plus provide your fantasy fix with Holden Kushner. Brian, let's kick off the podcast today with former Patriots and my former teammate, linebacker Chad Brown. Chad, thanks for taking the time. How are you? I'm fantastic. Uh, Happy to be on with you guys. Happy that football is finally back. You got that right, Chad. Good to hear from you, man. I I know there's a a lot of uh, action taking place in Denver right now. We have one of our former teammates taking over the helm there in Denver. From what you've seen so far, uh, how has Vance been able to uh, take care of his business as a head coach, the new head coach for the Denver Broncos? You know, I think Vance has done a, a fantastic job. You know, early on, I think uh, probably the, the biggest uh, issue folks would have with Vance was just, you know, him a little nervous in some of those media appearances. I think when you become a head football coach in the NFL, you obviously know about X's and O's and scheme and personnel and all that other parts of the job. But just the daily part of dealing with the media was probably the part of the job that uh, Vance was the least comfortable with. But now fast forward three or four months down the road, uh, Vance is in, in his comfort zone. I had a chance to call the Broncos' last preseason game uh, against the Arizona Cardinals and a chance to talk to Vance in a production meeting. And uh, he's a very confident guy, confident in the team, confident in his relationship with the team. Uh, so, I, you know, there's certainly some question marks for the Broncos going into the season, and having a new coaching staff would naturally be one of those question marks. But I think Vance so far has, uh, has passed the test. He's Cordell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber chatting with Chad Brown, the former NFL linebacker. Chad, since you played for the Patriots and the Steelers, and we know they got together last year in the AFC Championship game, would have been interesting to see had Le'Veon Bell stayed healthy, if the outcome would have been different. How much separation do you see between Pittsburgh and New England this year? You know, not not very much. Not very much at all when you talk about having – you know, Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell, guys who are either at the top or the top couple players at their positions, and those are the most important offensive positions, uh, that, that's going to be a potent football team. You couple that with a Steelers defense, which I expect to be improved over last year, uh, they're going to be tough to, to, to get out of, the, out of the playoffs. Obviously, the Patriots are everyone's preseason you know, Super Bowl favorite, and deservedly so. But even today, you know, they lost another uh, wide receiver, uh, Malcolm Mitchell uh, was put down on IR this year, uh, just uh, earlier today. So, um, you know, there's still some question marks over there, you know, but uh, having been a part of that Patriots organization uh, and Bill Belichick and in Tom Brady, I tend to trust and it tends to steer me quite wrong. I'm quite correct every time. When, when saying that, it, it's amazing to hear everyone that's been a part of that organization. Uh, you very seldom hear anyone go against that group of people. Uh, when I say group of people, I mean Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, and I mean guys who've actually been in the organization for us, playing on the football team. What What is it that makes them special? We've been on teams together. We've been with Coach Mack in Colorado. We've been with Coach Bill Cowher in Pittsburgh. What makes Bill Belichick that much diff- more that much more different than those other two guys to where he can win championships on a consistent basis? You know, Coach Mack was obviously fantastic at, at motivating players. I don't, I don't think I've been around a, a man who could do that as well. And for Bill Cowher, you know, his ability to, you know, preach the, 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 the physical card. Let's go out and overwhelm people with how hard we play and really make that the core identity of, of those teams that we were on in, in Pittsburgh, the physical nature, the, the, the hard-nosed nature of just Pittsburgh and the blue-collar kind of style of play that they wanted. He was fantastic at, at that. So when I, when I talk about Bill Belichick, it's no diss on Bill McCartney or Bill Cower. He is just simply at another level as a teacher and then the ability to break down situations and get players to understand in each situation that's going to occur during the course of the game, there is a right way to make the play. Uh, so we're not looking for the athletic play. We're not looking for the spectacular play. We're looking for everybody to, I'm going to use a Bill Belichick face, do their job, and that is to 
do it in the right way for this particular situation. So uh, that's why sometimes, you know, during the course of the season, he's changing the starting lineup around because this guy, which may be right for us to win 13 games, for these other three games, I need to start this other guy. You know, that's why sometimes they throw the ball 30 times in a row because that defense they're playing is very good at stopping the run. So why do that? So these kind of unusual things uh, but are, that are taught in a very clear way. So the guy who's 20 years old, who's you know maybe the youngest guy in the locker room, to me and Junior Seau, my last year in New England, who Junior, I think, was 39 and I was 38, you know, he's able to teach those situations and the right play to make in those situations to everybody on the field, and we all buy into it, and the track record of success is clearly proven. Chad Brown is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Chad, you know the culture of the Patriots. You're aware of the history. You're part of their legacy. Can you remember an offseason like this one for the Patriots? So many aggressive moves, adding marquee players like Brandon Cooks, and what does that tell you about their mindset heading into this year? You know, they tend to be a little quieter uh, in the offseason than, than a lot of teams, not definitely known to make some big splashes, but they certainly have had a, a noisy offseason for them. But at the same time, they've turned over about 30% of their roster, which is about their average over the last several years. So structurally, it's the same. The, those core guys that, that Bill counts on offensively, you know, obviously Tom Brady, guys like uh, Danny Almondola now that Edelman's out defensively, you know, guys like Hightower, and then on special teams, you know, you, you got a guy – uh, like Slater, another core, one of those core guys who, you know, takes the time to teach all the new guys what the Patriot way is and what the expectations are and what the standards are around there. Those guys are still there. So with that 30% roster turnover, I imagine all those guys quickly up to speed with what is expected of them. Um, and the splashes in the offseason, I think that just makes this team stronger because those guys – you don't go to the Patriots for a desire to be the superstar, to have the spotlight on you. You go to the Patriots to be part of the Patriot way and to hopefully win a Super Bowl along the way. You talked about the core guys at Denver, uh, excuse me, in, in New England. I want to talk about Denver when you talk about the core guys. A few guys have left uh, and a few guys have stayed. Uh, when you talk about the defensive front, of course, Derek Wolf. Of course, you have Von Miller. And if you get on the offensive side of the football, you got Demarius Thomas as well as Emmanuel Sanders and Trevor Simeon. Uh, do you think, you know, with all the noise that was made about the quarterback position, do you think that's solidified by going with Trevor Simeon? And how good do you think this team can truly be within that division? Well, obviously it's a tough division. Um, I think the Raiders are going to be really good. I think the Chiefs are going to be really good. We'll get a chance to see where those Chiefs are tonight. Uh, so I think the Broncos are going to be in a fight to to win this division. Uh, you know, obviously they came in third place last year, so uh, not too far removed from their Super Bowl championship. You know, it, it is a question whether they have a, a shot to win a division, and the quarterback is a big piece of that. You know, a couple of years ago, they wanted Brock Osweiler to win the job and had no faith in Trevor Simeon. This year, it was all about Paxton Lynch. The job was his to take, and the front office, the coaching staff, really showed no strong faith in Trevor Simeon. Now, two years in a row, Trevor Simeon has proven that he is the guy, uh, but not necessarily because he's been outstanding on the field, but because the other challengers weren't up to the challenge. Uh, Mark Sanchez was essentially the starter going into training camp last year, and he fumbled and intercepted that opportunity away. And Brock Osweiler and Pax Lynch were unable to take it from him before, and, and now the same situation again. So uh, I think they will try to do what they've done in the past, win the game with their defense. Hopefully they can be strong on the, on the ground, better than what they've been the last two years on the ground, and then not ask Trevor Simeon to do too much. Um, but at some point uh, during the season, you know, they're going to be behind. They're going to have to throw the ball around the yard. And Trevor has been comfortable with short passes, but he's not been aggressive down the field. And when you have playmakers on the outside, like you mentioned, Emmanuel Sanders and a, uh, uh, Demarius. Demarius, uh, Demarius Thomas, you know, uh, you're not just taking best advantage of those weapons if you're not being aggressive and throwing the ball down the field. Chad, as we wrap it up, you're the latest friend of Cordell's to be kind enough to join us on the program. So we've chatted with Jerome Bettis, Heinz Ward, <laughs> Coach Cower. Nobody will give me any dirt on Cordell Stewart. Come on, Chad. Between me and you, I need a good K-Stew story oh, to kick off the regular season. Chad, he's, he's searching so hard. I'm bro. a journalist. We need the truth man. on this show. He's searching so hard. Go ahead, Chad. Help him out. Now, you know, I, I will admit this. Uh, you know, I have not read Cordell's book. It is on my reading list. 
you know, here during the season, obviously, I'm not, talk, not a lot of time to sit down. It's and only read. 27 pages, Chad. It won't take it that long. <laughs> and have all but pictures on 26 of those pages. That some of my parties have made Cordell's book. Um, so my party yes, was did. You know what? slash infamous. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know what? Just like in Vegas, how things stay in Vegas, the things that occurred that's in the right. grounds, pajama oh, jam party, right. those stayed within that circle. You are safe, with, right. safe with me, Cordell. Oh, Cordell, that's you right. were lucky. No cell phone cameras hey, back in the day, pal. We, we all we all brothers, man. That's the problem. See, see, Chad, the thing is, he is trying to get me with something so bad. And I keep telling him, and the funny thing is, I did mention... I did mention on the outskirts. I didn't go in. I didn't dive in. I mentioned on the outskirts. I did mention your parties. I did mention the snakes. So I kept it very surface to let people know that I did have a life outside of football with my friends. And so he's trying to find something. And there's there's really nothing out there for you. But yeah, those pajama parties and the fun times we had. You're not getting any of that, Brian. I'm sorry. You can't have that, Mr. Weber. You can't. You, Mr. Weber with two bags. You can't have that. <laughs> okay. Well, Chad and I have something in common. Chad, I work for Pac-12 Networks. Great to see you on the roster. And enjoy the game Congrats. coming up. What are you calling this weekend? Are you working this weekend? Yes, I've got Washington uh, versus Montana. Uh, I expect Washington to play better than what they played against Rutgers. Uh, Montana is a little bit of a you know tricky option with the tempo and the fast pace of play, throwing the ball out around the yard. But I think in the end, the Huskies' defense will be uh, up to the task, and then Jake Brown and that offense will get things on track this week. Outstanding. Congrats, man. Have you Congrats, ever called a game at Husky Stadium? That's my favorite venue in all of college football. I've been lucky enough to call a game there. I, I played there as a Seahawk in those two years right, where yeah. they were in between the uh, Century Link Field and the uh, Superdome. So I'm familiar with the old Husky Stadium, and now having my second game being called there on Saturday, I'm familiar with the new Husky Stadium as well. Well, terrific. Have a great call. We appreciate you taking the time and hope we, we can do this again down the road on the NFL on TuneIn. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. When it comes to a beer brewed to handle, a Sunday full of touchdowns, insane punt returns, and I can't believe he caught that, look for the light beer that's always brewed for more taste with only 96 calories. Miller Lite, the original light beer to be enjoyed from pregame to postgame. It's been a part of the game since it first showed up on the sidelines back in 1975. So when you reach for a light beer this game day, grab the one that won't fill you up and never compromises on taste, Miller Lights. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we continue on NFL No Huddle, the podcast, Cordell and I go round the league with Sean Salisbury. Sean, as always, we appreciate the time. We were just talking about the outlook for Alex Smith, knowing that Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback of the future. How much job security do you think Smith has for this season? Well, and I heard the tale of what Cordell was saying, and he's exactly right about don't trade up to get a guy like that if you're not looking towards the future. And the thing is that they're different in, in, in meeting Alex and Patrick in, in many ways, and Andy's a loyal guy. Um, and Andy will play the guy gives the best chance to win, and that is Alex Smith right now because Alex Smith is a winner. Now, there's a ceiling, I think, on Alex Smith's game, at least a perceived ceiling, until maybe, maybe having Patrick Mahomes in camp and drafting him will get Alex to say, i got to start taking a few more chances. He is so good at being you know, underneath and being, and being safe. And that's okay. you got to make the simple plays. Cordell knows about that. If you can't make the simple plays, then the big plays really don't matter. But every now and then you've got to be able to stretch a defense and make them. So well, I'm sure Alex, Alex Smith's not 20 anymore. He was a former first pick. He came into the league knowing he was going to replace somebody. He's been replaced. He, he gets it. So his performance, is, as long as Alex Smith plays well, Patrick Mahomes won't see the field unless it's a blowout this year or unless there's an injury because Alex Smith's a good player. He's a winner. His roster's not exactly there. Good defense. His tight end's good. He's got the hill. He's a big play guy. I just want to see Alex Smith step outside the comfort zone of just pull the trigger a little more when you think you've got a shot down the field. But sure, there's pressure. Cordell knows this. There's pressure every time we step out on the field. But they drafted, they drafted Patrick Mahomes for a reason. Because he's a big and he's opposite. He's the big play, explosive arm. Now we you got to teach him how to do the little things like hitting the check down, being willing to throw it to the flat. And the difference between their feet is is, is right now Alex is so far ahead because you know Patrick was in an offense that hey put the ball in your hands. We don't do a lot of dropping. We're in that spread offense. We just Texas Tech drop and throw it. But he can make every throw, and they'll work you know obviously ad nauseum on his feet, but. Alex gives him the best chance now, but of course, whenever you can get Patrick in there in a blowout, you're going to put him in and see what he does. But right now, Alex Smith's the guy. 
this is a playoff caliber team. But the future's, you know, it's not like the future's eight days away. What's that mirror say on the side? Objects uh, in mirror are closer than they appear. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, they drafted him high and traded for him, uh, moved up in the draft to get him for a reason. The guy's got great, great ability. But Alex is the guy. Sean, it's always a pleasure to have you come on, man. The insight has always been wonderful and it's good to chat with you. Uh, but the things you were alluding to with Alex Smith is, is just he's conservative. Let's just say that. Uh, I think that may be the proper word in the sense of how he attacks the field. He, he loves keeping it, uh, let's just say, simple in the sense of how the West Coast system is. It's one that rarely gives you an opportunity to throw it deep unless there's some double moves. Uh, but when you see someone like a Patrick Mahomes that get moved up in the draft to the 10th pick overall and – Alex Smith had to deal with being removed from being on the field by being concussed last time, and he never saw the field again because in Kyle Kaepernick, it's almost like here we go again in a sense. Do you think he's thinking about that a little too much because there's some sound bites that we've gotten from him, from his team and his attorney, uh, his, his lawyers, uh, indicating that they know what it is. They see the writing on the wall. Do you think they're paying too much attention to that or, or they're right on with what they're thinking? No, I, Cordell, you know how this goes, man. I, I any of us, and you've been in it, heck, you, you understand what it's like to be a guy that is the guy and and knows, I mean, the pressure of the position. It is, I think that there's probably, and, and hey, let's not kid ourselves, all of us quarterbacks, whether you're a superstar or a guy trying to be a starter or a starter, we, we, we have some sensitivity towards it. We have pride. That's what makes part, that's what, part of what makes Brady. That's why Brady takes every snap. He didn't even let Garoppolo come in and do kneel down because they don't want anybody else on the field. I get it. And I'm sure your feelings get hurt a little. I remember talking to Elway and what went on when they remember when they drafted Tommy Maddox after his sophomore year at UCLA. And uh, Elway Cordell knows Tommy career. Maddox, Sean. Cordell yeah, can exactly. tell you Tommy Maddox stories. Exactly. And so you're sitting there saying, well, if you're Elway, you're saying, what the hell are you doing? We could use other knees. Why are we drafting Tommy Maddox? Well, and I think it's similar here. Yeah, and I, and I think I, I hope Cordell, once the season starts, as we've now got through training camp and tonight against New England, did Alex Smith, did what happened to him in San Francisco? And then when he was a first-rounder that took over for somebody else in San Francisco, that he'll be able to say, I've been there, done that. Okay, I know why Mahomes is here. I know I'm not playing until I'm 40. I know the weaknesses in my game. So the key for me to stay on the field is to do what I normally do and expand my game. And look, Cordell, the truth is if he had a little bit of you in him, meaning the ability to take that shot down the field and to make that big play, we wouldn't be having this conversation. They may have drafted Mahomes, but we may be two or three years away from it instead of one year or so away from it. So I'd like to see him get out of to push the ball down the field. I'm okay once in a while. Show me a quarterback without guts, and I'm not saying Alex Alex is coward. I'm talking about on the field throwing it. Show me a quarterback without guts, and I'll show you a quarterback who's never going to be a Super Bowl champion or a guy that gets you there. But he is conservative. He plays it safe. Once in a while, I don't want. I, I, I want him to hit on 18 on his blackjack hand. I'd like to see him do that. And if he does, maybe we see an expansion of the offense. But he knows why they got Mahomes. I just hope that he's tough enough mentally and emotionally now to say, been there, done that, not this time. I'm going to stave this off for another year. And uh, the best thing for us to do is play me. And if he plays well, as we know, he's only time he's going to the bench is if it goes bad a bunch of games in a row, or if he's hurt. And I think he's good enough to hold the fort down for at least another year. He's Cordell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber chatting with Sean Salisbury, the former NFL quarterback. Since you went with the blackjack metaphor, we don't talk gambling on this show, but with the Raiders on their way to Nevada, the world is changing. Patriots are favored in every single game this year. Sean, is it irrational to talk about this team having an undefeated season? I don't think it's irrational. Improbable but possible and very possible. The best team in the league got better. And I understand Edelman. I do. I understand the percentage of of, of, the the trust factor with Brady and Edelman. I understand the trust factor of that, just the, the entire offense and Josh McDaniel and Edelman's in there. But you know what? There's never been a team. Cordell played for a team in Pittsburgh. that was a, was pretty good at next man up, but the best team I think any of us have ever seen in any sport is the way Belichick, whether it was Ty Law or Lawyer Malloy or Mike Vrabel or Richard Seymour. I mean, it just, I mean, it's always somebody else, whether it's contract, age, injury, somebody else steps up. That's why guys like before he retired, Rob Ninkovich can go in there and be a, a star for them. So is it, a, is it a loss? You bet it is. Well, they got the asset called Jacoby Brissett, who was never going to see the field in New England. You ship him off, you go get Philip Dorsett. Now watch Dorsett become a player. I just, I just have this hunch that he's going to become a player now with all that speed. So, I don't think it's I, – I, I think it's 
one of those when you say 16-0. and Well, we've never seen 19-0. and we, 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 we saw them get close once, but they're the best team. Their schedule's not exactly brutal. There's a tough run later in the season. This is a tough way to start. They're great at home. They got a win on the road. We saw that a lot last year. When you got the best quarterback on the planet with the best coach on the planet coming off, they don't get fat and happy in the offseason, hangovers, win or loss after a Super Bowl. There's always something that gets their goat and pisses them off so they drive to another champion, and that's what drives them, nothing more. So Edelman's a, a tough loss. Their pass rush has got to get better in the front seven. But, yeah, I think they're the overwhelming favorite to at least get back. Seattle's really good. Pittsburgh may, may score about 800 points this year if they're all healthy. We know that Green Bay with Rodgers. But to me, Atlanta's still got that high power. I think Tampa's going to be improved. But to me, the Patriots, you're going to have to do something really special to beat them two times in a row. But, yeah, I think they can go undefeated. But probably silly for us to discuss it, but we all do on our shows until we hit December. But I think that division will be over by, the, by Thanksgiving. And then they can focus on that from there on. So we'll see. Sean, the Rams have gone through transition, um, whether it's with the head coach and Sean McVay, the defensive coordinator, and, and Wade Phillips, but they're doing it without their back, their defensive lineman, and Aaron Donald. How important it is? How important is it for them to get his deal done so this team can actually start reaping the benefits of what Wade Phillips actually brings to the table when it comes to putting in a new system or scheme uh, for a defense? Cordell, that's a great point, and we know every time Wade Phillips goes, he's, I mean, first of all, he's one of the he's a Hall of Fame defensive coordinator. And every time he looks at when he goes to a new team the first year he's there, they become one of the best in football. But you can't become one of the best in football, no matter how good Wade Phillips. He's a great coach, but he's not David Copperfield, the magician. You've got to have that guy in there because I don't think, Cordell, if you and I said, let's go through the six or seven best defensive players in the league, we're not going to get to six or seven without mentioning Aaron Donald. He's, a, he's not only a great run stopper and a disruptor inside, but he gets to the quarterback from an inside position. We don't get a lot of sacks from interior guys a lot of times right. because, of, because of schemes. He's just a monster, and he creates different things. And who you, you double and triple team him, somebody else, your number two guy, can become a star because he's going to draw the single all the time. So they have to get it done. I don't know when, and then I know Wade knows that you build defenses inside out and from that defensive front and disruptors on the edge, but he's a disruptor in the run game and the pass game. And he makes you, when you go into the game plan, and Cordell's game plan against great players, as, as I have, you, you know when Lawrence Taylor or Reggie White or J.J. Watt, he's that guy you go in and say, okay, we've got to make sure that guy doesn't take over the game. So while Goff's got a lot to do and that offense has still got a long ways to go, when your best football player on your team and it's not close, is not in camp, it's really tough to go. But the truth is, is they still got to line up and play this week. they still got to, they got to put 11 dudes out there. He's like four dudes himself. But we'll see, and if they struggle this week, watch how quickly the money starts to come <laughs> come from the upper offices there and down. He holds the cards because he's the best at what he does in the business right now inside, and, uh, and he'll get paid eventually and get his, but they have got to have him if Wade Phillips is going to make the impact he's used to. Still, the Rams with a favorable matchup at home, taking on the Colts with no Andrew Luck. It'll be Scott Tolzien under center. Sean, as always, we appreciate the information. Any day we get a Tommy Maddox reference, it's a quality show. Enjoy the game tonight, Sean. Thanks so much. And and you know what? It wasn't even intended because you guys sitting right next to you. Cordell Stewart is one of my favorite people on the planet. And nobody could throw it like 76 yards on the run, throwing it and hitting a guy at college. Matter of fact, he probably still throw it about 80 himself right now. Backwards. You know I love you, brother. I appreciate you. You too, baby. You too. Thank you, Sean. All right. Thank you. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. When it comes to a beer brewed to handle, a Sunday full of touchdowns, insane punt returns, and I can't believe he caught that, look for the light beer that's always brewed for more taste with only 96 calories. Miller Lite, the original light beer to be enjoyed from pregame to postgame. It's been a part of the game since it first showed up on the sidelines back in 1975. So when you reach for a light beer this game day, grab the one that won't fill you up and never compromises on taste, Miller Lights. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Now let's hear from former Chiefs offensive lineman Will Shields and former Patriots linebacker Marty Moore. Let's say hello to the Hall of Famer Will Shields, the former Chief offensive lineman. Will, thanks so much for taking the time to join us again. Let's start with the big picture thought. When you look at the overall talent on the rosters, how do you think the Chiefs match up with the Patriots? It was tight, as you know, when they met in the playoffs two years ago. 
Well, I think it's going to be, you know, one of those things of seeing what our young guys can do. I think the wide receiver core is going to be where it's going to make a big difference. So, you know, are they ready for the big stage? Are they ready to perform? Especially uh, knowing last year that we ended up getting rid of a couple of veteran players uh, in lieu of some younger guys. Um, but it still comes down to me in the, in the trenches, you know. Can, can the offensive line hold up and do those different things? Um, but I like that it's an early test in the year. Uh, gives them an oper- uh, uh, opportunity to have a measuring stick uh, to say, you know, start off with the world champs and, and see if you can, you know, beat them. That's the way. That's the way it always sets up, and I think it's a great time to do it, especially this year. Well, when you look at how this offense is run, it's, it's all predicated on what Alex Smith can do. Uh, how much confidence do you have in him that he's ready to take that leap of faith to try to be something a little bit more special than what he's been? over the past few years since he's been there with uh, Kansas City? Well, I think one thing that, you know, that actually, you know, I think might be beneficial, I'm hoping it's beneficial down the road there, is that, you know, they got a young kid behind them now to push him uh, to do those little extra things to sort of say, hey, you know, it, it is my time to step into the light and, uh, and try to get me a championship uh, before they try to run me out of here. I mean, that's the one thing that I worry about is, you know, you got the guy that's only – uh, you know, his passing rating and everything else is only two stubs to, to the one he's playing tonight and uh, the one he played last week or two weeks ago in uh, Seattle. So, you know, he's got the ability, but, you know, the question is, does he have the weapons around him that he can push for it and get things done? Well, as we look at the ground game, Jamal Charles has moved on to Denver, and we know how injured he was the last few years in Kansas City. It was tough to see Spencer Ware go down in that preseason game in Seattle. Do you think it's plug-and-play? How much confidence do you have in Kareem Hunt tonight? You know, I I think it is. I think to a simple fact that they've got a good staff that put things together. Um, But like I say, when you face that New England defense, you know that's always an uphill battle because they always seem to figure out all the little nuances that you're doing to slow down the run game and make you one-dimensional. And uh, that's one thing Kansas City can't become. They can't become one-dimensional and stuck within the box. Uh, They're going to have to do some things to make it happen. Well, when you look at this defense led by Eric Berry, I think we all can say this, that he's the leader on this defense, the most inspirational player on this football team. How big is his presence when it comes down to getting in the box, making some stops, uh, to help our players like the Justin Houstons of the world when it comes to coming off the edge? I think it's huge. Um, you know, that's one thing that I'm really excited about is to see how healthy the defense is. Um, you know, the last year we sort of went into the playoffs and ended up getting at the end of the year, you know, having so many guys on injured reserve and, and out of the lineup uh, that we weren't, you know, you weren't really sure who was going to show up for weekend, week one, week two, week three. Uh, but to start off the season to see that, hey, you're relatively heavy, heavy, relatively healthy defense is one of those big keys. But also having Barry back there and knowing that he's running the show, uh, you know, you feel a little better about it. You feel more comfortable about it because you know that he's going to you know, try to make things happen. The Hall of Famer Will Shields is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Let's expand the conversation, bring in another member of the NFL Legends community. It's Marty Moore, the former Patriots linebacker. Marty, thanks for joining us. Let's focus on the D. We know the Patriots are rugged on that side of the football, but how much do you think they're going to miss Rob Nikovich, who retired in the offseason? Yeah, I think Rob was a key factor. And, you know, just leadership. You know, he'd been in uh, so many games and had so many big plays that uh, helped propel them into Super Bowls and you know just the leadership of him in the locker room I think is going to be missed but you know they seem to reload every year and um, you know I think as a player you know when it's time to retire and you kind of hang it up uh, you know I think Coach Belichick you know has got uh, someone in the wings waiting to to take his place but uh, Rob was a great teammate and uh, just a great player for the Patriots for a number of years and he will be missed for sure. When you think about the loss of Edelman, um, but yet they have Brandon Cooks, how impressive is that to be able to know that, and you being a part of it, to see that coach all of a sudden, for some reason, he has a, a knack for being able to get the right guys at the right time. And unfortunately, at some of those positions, guys get hurt, but he brings in the right people at the right time to allow this train to keep moving. You know, it's Edelman was, was huge. I mean, he's been such a big part of, of everything that, uh, you know, just look at Welker when he left and Edelman came in and losing him. But 
Coach Belichick, I think he's got certain players in mind that he keeps very close to uh, to the uh, kind of uh, scouting report, if you will, of players that fit his scheme. It's all about the guys fitting his scheme and making sure they're going to fit with what they try to do. And to be able to pull off trades like he has and to be able to put the right people in place, I mean, that's just a, a really – attribute to him as a coach and to their personnel department to be able to find those players and to keep the train moving and to to make sure that, you know, they're putting the right pieces of the puzzle in place to uh, make sure they don't have a down year. And it's, he seems to be doing it every year. um, And uh, it'll continue that way until I think coach Belichick's gone, to be honest. We're going four corners on the NFL on TuneIn. Brian Weber, Cordell Stewart with you. Spotlighting the NFL Legends community with the Hall of Famer Will Shields. Former Chiefs offensive lineman Marty Moore, the former Patriots linebacker. Will, I'll start with you and then, Marty, you can jump in. Tom Brady is the ageless wonder at the age of 40, still playing at a remarkable level. Will, do you really think he can play until he's 45? Well, I think, you know, only he knows that. And if he's as healthy as he looks right now, I think he could easily play till he's 45 because I, I looked at him the other day and I'm like, man, he looks younger now than he did when he, uh, when he first came in the league. So uh, to me, that's one of those things that is, is going to be unbelievable to watch. Uh, but we have, you know, seen guys play 18, 19 years in the league, especially if they know how to take care of their body. Marty, what do you think? And how do you think the Patriots approach Jimmy Garoppolo next year? Are they going to use the franchise tag on a backup quarterback? You know, I, I think they will, actually. You know, I think that everyone needs to realize that the NFL, um, you're one play away from ending your career, you know. Um, and so as, as much as we all wanted to play till we're 45, and, you know, it, it, there's only two people left in the league that I played with, and Tom Brady was one and Adam Vinatieri is the other. And I know both those guys really do, you know, take care of their bodies, nutrition, working out, and the longevity of their careers, you know, proves that. But I think that Tom is going to play as long as he can. And unfortunately, there will probably be an injury that happens that is going to kind of force him on the sidelines. Um, And I think they will use the franchise tag because the NFL is a quarterback league. So, you know, if you've got a, a very good quarterback in the wings, you're not going to let him go because it's so hard to find a replacement. Um, and to keep the train moving, if you will, they need to have a quality backup to Tom Brady. And uh, I hope he gets to go out on his own terms and and uh, kind of goes off into the sunset. But I don't I don't think that'll happen. I think that something will happen to where Tom will, you know, have to retire, be forced to. Um, you know, he's been in the league so many years, but he's you know just a, he's one of the best. So I, you know, I hope that doesn't happen. But unfortunately, it's the NFL, and that's injuries are part of the game will marty who wins the game tonight well of course i'm going to say the patriots <laughs> I, mean, I gotta say that cordell i mean <laughs> you know the patriots you know they, they've been you know very fortunate to you know continue to have the success that they've been having and and i think that um they're gonna have a, a huge year and and i've i've got to put my my faith in coach belichick and the staff and all the players on that team that have been there and uh I think they win by two touchdowns tonight. Well, give well, us a rebuttal. Give us the rebuttal yeah. from Kansas City. You know, you know, I want the Chiefs to win, of course. Uh, we know it's tough to win up there, but I think if they won, if they pull that off, they'll, they'll set the tone for an unbelievable season uh, at that point. And so, you know, they you know can go up there and pull off the victory. I think it'd be great. Guys, we appreciate the insights. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us on the NFL on TuneIn. Thank you guys very much. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. When it comes to a beer brewed to handle, a Sunday full of touchdowns, insane punt returns, and I can't believe he caught that. Look for the light beer that's always brewed for more taste with only 96 calories. Miller Lite, the original light beer to be enjoyed from pregame to postgame. It's been a part of the game since it first showed up on the sidelines back in 1975. So when you reach for a light beer this game day, grab the one that won't fill you up and never compromises on taste, Miller Lights. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart.
We continue on NFL No Huddle, the podcast with the Fantasy Fix from Holden Kushner of TuneIn Sports. Fantasy football has become a major reality for millions of fans. Makes him off to the 30. He's gone. He's gone. What a move. It takes skill to win your fantasy championship, separating the zeros. He goes to the near side, and it's picked off. Intercepted. From the fantasy heroes. Down the middle, it's caught over the shoulder in the end zone. Buckle up your chin strap for the Fantasy Fix. Today, we're pleased to be joined by our friend Holden Kushner, the host of MLB at the Plate. You'll hear him tonight, 7 Eastern. Holden, also a leading fantasy football analyst. Holden, thanks for taking the time, and let's start with Tyreek Hill. What's the fantasy perspective? Can he duplicate or even improve upon what he did a year ago when he was a phenom? I mean, that guy was absolutely nuts when it comes to just touching the ball and making something good happening with it, and... You know, if he could duplicate his success, um, especially with Jeremy Macklin gone, so he's going to have an opportunity to touch, uh, get some more touches in these games. Yeah, I, I think you know, I look at him as a guy that's a wide receiver three in a you know in a standard in a PPR points per reception. Of course, uh, I'm happy to to represent the fantasy community tonight, boys. So it's been a long time. So yes, I like Tyreek Hill as a third option, and he should have uh, more of a more of a role in that Kansas City offense. I do wonder if Belichick goes after him or he goes after Kelsey or who he decides to take out of this game. That's going to be a big storyline as we uh, head into this one. Holding between Duke Johnson and Isaiah Crowell, who's the guy to own from the Cleveland's backfield? All right, for the whole season or for this week? Because if I'm going the whole season, in points per reception, it's got to be Duke Johnson. Now that they're lining him up as a wide receiver, they're going to use him as a dual threat. I love that. From a standard perspective, I think Isaiah Crowell is extraordinarily underrated, um, even on sites like uh, you know half-point PPRs here. I love Isaiah Crowell. First of all, week one against Pittsburgh, that defense – uh, 29th against the run last season, and he finished with almost 1,300 total yards and seven scores last year. So he, he's a pretty solid pick. I like him as a back end, probably a front end uh, running back too. I think in a, if you're looking at a points per reception league, I'd go Crowell. Or I'd go Johnson. In a standard league, I'd go Crowell. It's the Fantasy Fix provided by Holden Kushner. Let's spotlight wide receivers, take you to Chicago. Kevin White is underachieved in part because he's been injured early in his career, but with the departure of Alshon Jeffrey to Philadelphia, do you think White can emerge as a number one wide receiver? I mean, I haven't seen anything out of White to this point. What's he had a couple fractures on top of it, and when he's been out there, he hasn't been very effective, and he'll be working with either Glennon or Trubisky, uh, Trubisky from the from the get-go here. Probably Glennon at the start, right? And then we'll see if, uh, if Mitchell gets his shot later on in the season. But I like Kendall Wright because he's reunited with his offensive coordinator from – the Titans, I think Kendall Wright is the guy that you need to own in uh, in Chicago. So Kevin White, uh, uh, Kendall Wright over Kevin White. Hmm. Who's the player you see going in the hold top on, hold four? Hold on, what's five? the um? What's the um? <laughs> Things was that the um make because, you go home. Was the um? I hope it was the um. I hope that this fantasy segment is over, or was the um? I don't agree <laughs> no. with. That. Hold it, we do or, it every or, day. This is or, now a centerpiece of the show. Or was it? Mm, I, don't, I disagree with you. Or mm, I wasn't listening. Let's just go on to the next question. Which neither one, was one of those? Else? Neither one of those. Okay. It was neither one of those. I agree okay. with you 110. percent You're good. Don't worry. Don't kick you. Don't get sensitive on the phone right now. Hold oh, on. I'm not here sensitive. With you. Hey, he's got here a five-hour baseball show coming yeah, yeah. up. Pray for he's him. Like, what are you talking yeah, but, about, Cordell? Hey, Work hey, with me here. Guess what's going to be on one of those televisions, though? I'm going to watch the Patriots go five and zero oh after a Super Bowl victory. Is what I'm going to watch. Look tonight. at you laying down the lock, Cordell. Well, back to you. I think you have well, a yeah. hard-hitting fantasy question. Yeah, I, I had a pretty solid one here, and it goes a little something like this who's the player you see going in the top four or five rounds often often that you'll steer from uh ty montgomery because i think the height listen this guy is extraordinarily talented he's obviously got good, some good hands coming out of the backfield given he was a receiver but i don't think the durability there if they try and give him more than what 10 rushes a game as the season goes on i feel like he's going to wear down and get beaten up um he's got a couple of young guys especially williams behind him that could carry the load so i think ty montgomery while he will have some flashes of brilliance, and he's got he's going to get some volume, some games. I think that's the guy I've been steering clear of. I like the talent. I just I need to I need to see more, and I need to see if he can stay healthy throughout a season, given the workload is about to go substantially higher. Talking fantasy football with Holden Kushner, getting ready for his show. It's MLB at the plate, bringing you all the big moments as they happen live, seven Eastern, five solid hours on TuneIn. 
Holden, is there a player you might avoid because of a quarterback concern? I'll think about last year. All of the folks who owned DeAndre Hopkins were losing their minds because Brock Osweiler could not get him the football. Well, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, it's going to happen again. They want to force feed him the ball. So you, the number one thing you're looking for when it comes to uh, wide receivers is opportunities. I want how many how many balls is he going to get? Now, unfortunately, they didn't turn those opportunities into a lot of catches or touchdowns or as many as you would like. So looking at that, you know, I'm going. Uh, gosh, I, there's so many bad quarterbacks in the National Football League right now that you can look at. Um, I think the Browns with uh, Kaiser with Deshaun Kaiser. I love the talent of Kenny Britt. I just think with an inaccurate quarterback, he's going to get volume. But Kenny Britt's a guy that's been going in the third round. And can he just have a good quarterback throwing him to football sometime? Kenny Britt is a guy that I, I think is going to have some, a couple of really big weeks. But off the bat, I'm completely avoiding. Holding on. You know, last year, uh, having Deshaun Jackson as well as Pierre Gonçon, they was considered as top guys. But, but now the top guys on the Redskins, I guess you can say is – it's Terrell Pryor as well as uh, Jordan Reed, but is there someone else? Oh, I think Jamison Crowder is that guy. Jamison Crowder was uh, targeted a whole bunch from Kirk Cousins last year, liked him in the red zone too. I mean, this guy isn't a physical freak like uh, Terrell Pryor is, but Jamison Crowder has a rapport with Kirk Cousins. We know that Jordan Reed is injury-plagued. I think Pryor is going to be the home run hitter, and I'm fascinated to see how that connection comes along because so far in the preseason, those two were not on the same page, and really in practice, it was hit and miss as well. So I think Jamison Crowder is that guy, and Josh Doxson is actually getting some play, and he should be available week one, but Crowder's my guy on that Redskins offense. Hold on, last one for me. Due to the uncertainty surrounding Odell Beckham Jr. with the ankle issue, unclear if he can play Sunday night as Dallas matches up with New York. How do you slot the premier wideouts in all of football? Who's number one? You go in Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, or elsewhere? You know, this week, I love, uh, th- just for this week, right? I love Julio against Chicago, although game script, I wonder how much they're going to throw, but I think Julio has a really big day there. Uh, Antonio Brown, the Steelers' offense on a road, there are considerable um, unfavorable splits on the road. That being said, they do have Cleveland. I think Brown has good numbers, but my number two wide receiver is A.J. Green because historically Green completely dominates the Baltimore Ravens. I think Doug Baldwin, Jordy Nelson, Michael Thomas, all those guys are going to have monster weeks as well. And look at um, Michael Crabtree, Amari Cooper, and Larry Fitzgerald to have big weeks too. Outstanding. Can I ask a real quick question? Are we on? Yes, sir. No, no. We have a flexible clock. You know Paul Richardson, right? So Paul Richardson, I'm loving this Green Bay-Seattle game. And obviously Doug Baldwin is going to be the number one target there. But is Paul Richardson going to get the opportunities? Is he going to get the targets? Is he going to be on the field enough to where he could actually have multiple catches and maybe even a touchdown this week? Because I'm trying to figure out, do I go big-time home run with Paul Richardson or do I stay and play it safe with Kendall Wright? How about this? And I'll make our boss, Kevin Straley, happy. It's all about forward promotion. Join us tomorrow at 125 oh. Eastern Time when we chat with the Hall of Famer Warren Moon, game analyst for the Seahawks Radio Network. As you said, Holden, what is the ha all about? What is that about? Is that because you want to leave? You didn't like the question? What is that about? I mean, that's just brutal. Come on, Slash. <laughs> Give me something. Give me something. Paul Look, Richardson. Corey, that was being a good sport. We're talking fantasy football five days a week, Holden. You should Literally. be. You should be talking it six days a week. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. Where's six day coming in at? <laughs> No, I will be on first and goal with yeah, Nick Ferguson and when Cordell joins us at 7.30 Eastern, that's Cordell. Right. You're now the fantasy there. analyst on that show on you Sundays as well. As well. I'll be, be there too. I'll be hey, there when too. fantasy goes away, the NFL's popularity is going to go back, probably be cut by about 25%. Wait a minute. You, when you fantasy goes away, when's yeah. fantasy going away? When gambling becomes legal? Donald Trump's taking it away. He's coming. Whoa, that's a developing story. Breaking news. Holding going political. That means it's time to say goodbye. Have a great baseball show, and we'll chat with you next week. Have a wonderful week, guys, and I hope you enjoy talking more fantasy every day. (laughs) We do. We do. Thank you. That's our friend, Holden Kushner. (laughs) You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. When it comes to a beer brewed to handle, a Sunday full of touchdowns, insane punt returns, and I can't believe he caught that. Look for the light beer that's always 
brewed for more taste with only 96 calories. Miller Lite, the original light beer to be enjoyed from pregame to postgame. It's been a part of the game since it first showed up on the sidelines back in 1975. So when you reach for a light beer this game day, grab the one that won't fill you up and never compromises on taste. Miller Lite. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Cordell, let's close out the podcast today by continuing to preview tonight's season opener with our original team player, Tom Brady. It's NFL No Huddle, spotlighting the stars of the game who played their hearts out for one team their entire career. It's the original team player, presented by Miller Lite. Cordell, let's start at the beginning. Tom Brady, a round six pick in the 2000 draft, selected at number 199. You were already established in the league when Brady came in. Did you know about Brady before he took over when Drew Bledsoe got injured? No clue. I don't even remember him at Michigan uh, or anything. Uh, You you look at some of the highlights, you'd be like, oh, okay. All right, but... Most quarterbacks coming out of Michigan look the same. I mean, it's the same look. Ty Collins, Tom Brady, the look was all the same. So, honestly, uh, I, I mean, it wasn't the topic of conversation. Everything was about Drew Bledsoe. And I then can't. we know what happened next. Yeah. Down goes Bledsoe, enter Brady. You had a chance, though, to connect on a personal level when you and Brady both played in the Pro Bowl together in 2001 in Hawaii, what did you learn about Tom from that experience? Well, Tom, you know, Tom, yeah, remember, he came, when he came to the Pro Bowl in 2001, 2002, 2002 Pro Bowl, 2001 season, they went to the Super Bowl, so they was fresh off of playing the Super Bowl, coming out to Hawaii to play in that game. And, uh, you know, Tom came in real humble, cool guy, uh, myself, Tom Brady and Rich Gannon, all three of us together. Uh, it was it was it was a lot of fun to be honest with you to be one around Rich Gannon, who I thought was one of the most accurate mobile quarterbacks in the game at that time. You know, he and Steve Young. Uh, so of course, I loved the way he played. He was accurate running that West Coast style offense. Uh, one that Coach Gruden was a part of. Uh, it was a big part of why that team was so successful for a good run. And, and and then, of course, Tom Brady, you know, his story was a great one. You know, Tuck Rule playing against the Oakland Raiders uh, when they were in Foxborough. Uh, that, that was, I think, the turning moment for that organization, let alone uh, a turning point for who could win that game because it could have gone either way, to be honest. I mean, you look at it now, it's almost like, hey, that's a fumble. But created the Tuck Rule. So they end up coming to Pittsburgh, beat us, and – you know, going to the Super Bowl, had a chance to spend some time with him. But, you know, at that time when we were in Hawaii uh, at the Pro Bowl, uh, everybody was with their families. You know, I had my brother and my, my sister-in-law there, along with my son's mom, and we were all having fun. You know, Keyshawn Johnson was there. Ray Lewis was there. I mean, it was a whole bunch of guys who were there. Uh, a few guys off of our team was there. Uh, so it, it was a lot of fun to be amongst the best of the best guys in the game there in Hawaii. And a uh, ton of fun. Ton of excitement, but Tom Brady was just was quiet. You know, he never really said much. And I don't mean quiet to where you couldn't see him, but really low key and laid back. And you just really wanted to congratulate him as many times as you possibly could uh, when it came down to telling him, you know, have, you know, you did a great job, great year. Congratulations with your opportunity. And, you know, hopefully you don't win another one while we're here. And of course, he went off and, <laughs> and put well, up another one. About yeah, four not more just one. That. So he yeah. didn't get that done. It was multiple rings. We are. Yeah. Focusing on the greatness of Tom Brady, he's our original team player presented by Miller Lite. As you sum up what he's been able to achieve in magnificent fashion, how much of his career comes down to the physical ability and how much of it is derived from how hard he works? I think it's a combination of everything. Because when you're picked, you know, grabbed in the sixth round as the 199th player selected overall in your draft, and all the guys that went ahead of him, I mean – you know, that's basically saying that he's just one of the guys and no one anticipated his opportunities to come that fast, let alone take over it the way he did and win. Um, but ability is, is is one thing. So he had some, and I think that's why he was drafted in a draft because he did have some ability. But I think his probably stronger attributes is his mental toughness along with his capabilities of studying and getting himself prepared. Um, it's not always the ability per se that – that gets you over the hump because when it's time to call the right time, call timeouts at the right time to, 
uh, having to, to put guys in position and, and, and to keep your head about you when things are struggling as far as getting hit, you know, sacked, you know, uh, after throwing the football, getting thrown down to the ground or what have you. You have to keep your head about you in all moments in time in those games. And, 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 and that's what Tom Brady has shown that he's capable of doing on a consistent basis. And I think his strong suit is more that ability, uh, which is his mental fortitude, than it is his physical ability, which I think it's still good. But I think mentally he's, he's, he's extremely tough. They always say the game of football, National Football League, is 80% mental. Well, he's got that mastered. You know, the other, sport, the other portion is physical. Uh, that's why you have other guys on the team, offensive linemen to uh, receivers, quality receivers to uh, running game, and also having a heck of a dang on coaching staff that can help put your, your team in the position to succeed by playing to their strengths. Let's wrap it up with a look at the future. Brady on the record saying he wants to be the George Blanda of his era. He wants to play until he's 45. He just turned 40. Is he going to achieve that goal? I don't think he gets that far because I think he wins another championship and he's done. I think before he turns 45, he gets another championship. And I think when he gets that next one, I think he's done. Because what does he have? You know, he's trying to get six now. So he has one hand filled. All fingers on one hand is done. Thumb included. Now it's time to get one blitz for six. One for the index finger or thumb or whichever finger you want to put on, put it on on the other hand. I think he's trying to get to that one. Now, I think once he gets it, I think he may ride off into the sunset. I mean, because now it's like, okay, what are you doing? What are you, what are you trying to accomplish here? You know, let, let Jimmy Garoppolo play for once in your life, okay? Stop being so selfish. You know, give somebody else a chance to call the shots behind the center in New England. That's what I would say if he wins another championship, which I think that's, you know, his wife said it about as great as you can say it. Like, how else can you top what we accomplished this year? Being down 25? And now they're coming back for more? Hey, man, that, that's a drive that's beyond my imagination, to be honest. I think when you're in it and you're doing it, hey, I mean, if you can continue to keep setting the tone really high and that focus can stay there, hats off to him, man, seriously. That, that's, that's, that deserves more than a, a, a clap. I mean, that, I mean, that's why I, I think he's considered as the GOAT right now when it comes to the quarterback position. To ever play the game, he's the best because he's capable of staying focused, dialed in and not allowing anything outside of what it is he's doing to interfere with what he has going on. Once he gets into the mix and he's into the matrix, it's over. I mean, it's okay. Suspended for four games. All right. I'll be back. (laughs) Watch this Super Bowl. Greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. Tom Brady. Tom terrific. I think he'll get it done. I just think he won't have to get to 45 because I think he'll then have won another championship to where you say, you know what? I'm done. And that's it. That march towards another potential Super Bowl starts tonight. It's the Patriots and the Chiefs. Catch all the action on TuneIn Premium. Tom Brady, our original team player, presented by Miller Lite. This original team player segment has been presented by Miller Lite, the original light beer. Miller Lite, hold true. NFL No Huddle will be back right after this. Thank you for listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast on iTunes with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Listen live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern by downloading the TuneIn app and searching NFL No Huddle. The National Football League is on. Tune in your everything audio app.